Recorded live on DementiaRadio.org, it's the Funny Music Podcast. Brought to you by TheFunk.com, where you can download new free comedy songs twice a week. Now, here's your hosts, Devo Spice and the great Luke Ski. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Funny Music Podcast. Uh, great Luke Ski is not going to be able to join us tonight. So I am here with Tom Saloka and Mike Reniker, the Bell Isle Rats. How you doing, guys? Feel good. Reason- reasonably good is my standard answer. Tom, I'm assuming that's yours, too. Yes. Works yes. for me. Welcome to episode 578 of the Funny Music Podcast for July 15th, 2020. Title of this week's episode is Evil Dan and the Masters of Confusion. And your job, should you choose to accept it, is to try to work that into our conversations at some point. So, uh, that's our new thing that we're doing. Um, Wait, one more time on that. Evil Dan and the Masters of Confusion. Okay, we'll consider that a personal challenge. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, um, Luke's not here, so let's do the catch-up without him. Let's get caught up with what Devo and Luke have been up to since last week. Or else, Devo, if Luke failed and didn't show up. Hey, what? Oh, he's All right. All right, uh, so what have I been up to this week? Well... Um, last Saturday, I went to my first event since lockdown started. I actually went into New York City and saw a concert. Um, our friend Bonnie Gordon of the of the Library Bards uh, performs as, as uh, one of the female singers in a meatloaf tribute band called the Legendary Pot Roast. So, they performed in New York City, and they actually they filmed the the concert not for a DVD release or anything but for a documentary on insomnia because the lead singer of the legendary pot roast, in fact, the legendary pot roast himself is a narcoleptic insomniac, apparently. I'm not sure how that works, but they're making a documentary about him, so I'm looking forward to seeing that. Um, anyway, Bonnie was amazing. It was, it was a great show. That's like saying you're an anorexic overeater. Right. <laughs> I'm picturing him like like he just he can't sleep at night and then randomly during the day he just you know <laughs> so, I mean I feel bad for the guy because that's got to suck but <laughs> that sounds very uncool it does um so then I I got home late at night about twelve thirty at night Saturday night and I'm walking my dog and I got the crap scared out of me by my neighbor's house now two of you don't watch Doctor Who right no. No, I didn't think so. Um, there's an there's a bad guy on Doctor Who called the Weeping Angels who are statues, and they're quantum locked so that when you look at them, they're stone, and when you look away or even blink, they move. They're very very fast. And I was walking my dog, and and the, the angels are scary as hell. They're really creepy when they're done right. And so I'm walking my dog, and we I come past these bushes, and there's my neighbor's house and a life-size shadow of a weeping angel on the front of the house. And I jumped a mile. <laughs> and it took me a second. I'm like, no, wait, they're not real. What the hell am I looking at? You know. And then I realized he has like a one-foot uh, weeping angel statue, just a regular angel statue um, on his front yard. And he had the light shining on his house right in front of it so it was casting a life-size shadow on the front of his house and i jumped a mile 
So oh. I made a meme out of it. If you're if you follow me on Facebook, you probably saw that. Um, and the other thing I did this weekend was I was a special guest on Tony Goldmark's podcast, Escape from Vault Disney, uh, along with Insane Ian and TV's Kyle. Um, that show that what they do is they they pick a TV show or movie at random from what's available on Disney Plus. Then they watch it and then they talk about it. Um, and I don't I don't want to spoil what we ended up talking about, but let's just say it was a hot mess and it was a lot of fun talking about it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so what have you guys been up to? Well, we're still awaiting. Uh, last time we did we did the show, I think the plan was for Tom to come out to do some new Bill Isle rap songs, which we have written. Um, but so far, that hasn't happened. <laughs> uh, yeah, the schedule ended up making it not possible. So we're putting it off now. It looks like it'll probably happen in the fall. I'm hoping so because you know the whole album, the, whole, the EP is going to be called Blackjack. And it's kind of ties into 2021, 21 Blackjack. So mm -hmm. we need to get it up by the end of the year for that whole theme to work. So not to put any more pressure on you, uh, but, uh, you know, that's. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that other, that's that's the main thing. I mean, um, uh, things have been going good. I've been working piano tuning like crazy. Thank God. I mean, when the pandemic first hit, it kind of wiped me out. But it's been going really good lately. So, um I, I thought of you um, a couple weeks ago. I, I, I watched a show on Netflix. Uh, what's it called? Kratos, I think. It's it's it, it's another one of these shows where people randomly come back from the dead for reasons, and then there's a whole mystery around that and stuff. It's a, it's about a volcano that's erupting in northern Iceland, and the whole town has been evacuated. The only people who are around are a couple of couple of people to keep the place you know running and like the scientists who are investigating the volcano well one of the women who's still there um like a, used to play piano when she was a kid and now she sat down at the piano and hasn't played it in a while and the father goes oh it's out of tune and i was like i'd like to see mike go to northern iceland during a volcanic eruption and just tune that piano for <laughs> Hey man, I'd go if the price was right. No problem. I've never, I've never tuned in Iceland. I, uh, I went to a technician's piano tuners conference and talk about excitement. A piano tuners conference—that's the height of excitement right there. Old guys in elastic stretch pants everywhere you can see. But um, and I all I can think of is there's probably more people in attendance than we're ever going to get at Fun Fest, and that just bugs me. Oh. You know? <laughs> I don't know, but I mean, I may have said this before, but one of the guys was a tuner in Alaska. I'm like, well, how much do you charge for a tuning? He's like, $1,500 because we have to fly there. You have to oh, – I yeah. guess most people less are pilots. So they have to literally fly. They, so 1500 bucks for a tuning. So. This sounds but, but like that, a Monty Python sketch, like a piano tuner who goes into emergency areas to do emergency piano tuning. <laughs> <laughs> well, believe it or not, I do get the occasional emergency piano tuning. I mean um, – doesn't happen often, but I have a number of, of pretty major league studio clients, and if they have a big session coming up and they need them, then I, I got to go and I got to pretty much, you know, reschedule everybody else and go and do that. I remember I was having my car worked on about a year ago, and one of my stu one of my customers called me to tune for Lizzo, the rapper Lizzo. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, my my car was in the shop, I couldn't get down there, so I explained to the manager and this dealership. Uh, 
a Russell Westbrook Chrysler in Van Nuys. I'll just give him a plug. The guy said, well, we'll get you there. I'll, I'll, I'll get you an Uber, take you down to the studio, because the studio was in Hollywood. I'm like, well, how much is that going to be? He goes, we'll take, we'll take care of it. So this, while, while my car was being worked on, this dealership paid for me to take an Uber down to Hollywood so I could tune the piano, and they paid for me to come back. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah. That was just... <laughs> Yeah, that was serious customer service. I'd never had that happen before, but um, anyway, yeah, that's, that's, that was that was really cool. That's kind of awesome. Yeah, but most most of the job, most piano tuning, it's not exactly a high stress job. Although I will share this one story with you. This is the funniest thing that ever happened, and I swear to God, this is true. I was at this lady's house. She has a grand piano, and the first thing you do is you kind of open the lid for the grand piano to open it up. Well, I hadn't checked to see if the pins were in the hinges, so I opened up her piano lid, and the lid slid completely off oh, and slammed into her wall. Oh. And it made a massive three-foot hole in her drywall. I mean, I'm just like, ah, this was my career. Oh, my God. I looked, stood there for like five minutes. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Well, i got to tell her. And here's where the divine intervention comes in. I finally, you know, I... I collected myself together and I said I called her in and I said ma'am I'm so sorry to tell you this but I opened the lid and the hinge pins were missing and your the whole thing went sliding into drywall there's a three foot hole in your drywall she goes ah eh, my drywall guy's here right now working on so I'll just have him fix it don't worry about it oh wow <laughs> nice are you kidding me I swear to god it happened just that way I mean that was just like no way but yeah so since then, I've always learned to check to make sure that the little pins are in the hinges before I open up a grand lid. Because yeah, that that sounds like a mistake you only make once. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I can think of a much worse scenario where the plumber just happens to be in the house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I, bet, I bet plumbers have all kinds of great stories to tell. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all right, so, so you guys posted a song. Give us a uh, quick intro to this song, and we'll give it a listen. Well, it's a polka, uh, the Bob Crane polka, and it's just basically a, a uh, cheerful tribute to one of our favorite vintage TV stars, uh, Mr. Bob Crane. All right, here is the Bob well, it, Crane. It, 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 it takes a weird turn there, about two-thirds of the way, three-quarters of the way in, so we can call, it a, we can call it a folka. <laughs> well, that's that's characteristic of us as strange musical left turns that really have no business yeah, being. How many polkas break into some hard rock and then? It's one of the things I love about you guys. Yeah. All right, here is the Bob Crane polka by the Belle Isle Rats.
Yeah, that took a hard left turn towards the end, and I loved it. <laughs> I'd say that's a good sample of a Belle Isle Ranch tune. It's very gender, or gender, gender specific, genre specific, polka, and then it gets hard rock and there's killer multi-tracking vocals there and bombastic fills that had no reason to be there, but they were there for comedic effect. Which were which were edited in, by the way, as I recall. Oh okay. Well, I, I don't, maybe they, maybe they weren't. I don't remember. Maybe I not. Played them because it just it was like beautifully inappropriate. Yeah, but no, that that was just it's funny because that I had that polka sitting around for a while. I actually my brother and I did a, a video for my dad's retirement party, and I just threw that polka together just as some background music. And then later on, I was like, eh, as far as polkas go, that's not too bad because being from Detroit, you know, you whenever you I, I played a number of weddings. In Detroit, you know, and you have to play polkas. That's part of the deal. If you do any wedding in Detroit and you're a band, you have to play polkas. At least you did when I was when I was there. Otherwise, they'll throw you out. You got to do polka. So I thought, well, I, I should do something with this polka, and uh, lo and behold, it ended up being this. So, gotta, so why love, Bob Crane? Why Bob Crane? I don't really know. It's just <laughs> one of those things that I went down to the subconscious river of stupidity one day, and there it was. I, th I think I went through a period of kind of being obsessed with the whole Bob Crane. So you know the story of Bob Crane? 
Um, I do now. I I, I, I I looked him up because I didn't recognize the name, and I was like, oh, he played Hogan on Hogan's Heroes. Right. Okay, yeah, I've, you know, I watched that. So that when was, I was a deal. Young. So yeah, so yeah, yeah. But then I'm reading, I'm getting ready for the show tonight, and I read the Wikipedia article on him, and I was like, oh, 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 that's interesting. Okay. Yeah. So for those who, for those who don't know, he, you know, he had, a, he was, a, he was, he actually started as a drummer. He actually was a drummer. Then he was a DJ, and then he got into acting, and he was on Hogan's Heroes, which is a hit show from like I think '65 to '71. I think it ran for five seasons. But then you know it fell out of favor, like most shows do. And back then. Those actors didn't know to negotiate for residuals like actors now. Actors now know to negotiate for residuals. I think like it's also actors, part of the SAG requirements, isn't it? Yeah, but it wasn't back then. I mean, yeah. most of the actors on those old 60s sitcoms, they don't get a dime, you yeah. know. Uh, but whereas, like, the, the people who, the actors from Friends, they get, you know, $20 million a year for life for doing nothing, you know. So, but so anyway, so after the show was canceled, he had a hard time finding work because he kind of got typecast as Hogan. And he ended up doing dinner theater. And then, uh, you know, the story goes, he met this friend, this guy named John Carpenter, not the movie director, this guy, John Carpenter, who was a video salesman who got him all this electronic equipment. And, you know, Bob Crane was like this big womanizer. And uh, <laughs> so I guess the story is John Carpenter got him all this video. He would actually film his uh, exploits, shall we say, He'd pick up these local women, they'd film these exploits, and I guess he had hundreds and hundreds of his own homemade uh, videos. And then, uh, you know, one day, 1978, they find him strangled in his hotel room with a beat over the head. Yeah, bludgeoned to death, it said. Uh, Yeah, bludgeoned to death, and he also had a phone cord around his neck. And they, they never officially charged anybody with it but the strong suspicion is it was that guy john carpenter or shrimp but they, they could never they didn't have enough evidence to charge him i guess they did try to charge him one time but he, he beat it so yeah, according to the him. yeah according to the article he was later charged but they they right. uh he was he was acquitted because there wasn't enough evidence or or something like that and the the police apparently did a fairly incompetent job with the uh with, with the whole case they kind of lost evidence and stuff so um yeah, so yeah, there was that. <laughs> so I'm, I'm just I'm reading the article and it was like Crane was found bludgeoned to death in his Scottsdale, Arizona apartment while on tour in 1978 for a dinner theater production. <laughs> the officially remains unsolved, and I was like, "Oh, that's a that's not something I wasn't expecting to to read tonight." Okay. <laughs> yep. Well, that's one of the reasons why Bob Crane became more of an interesting subject matter, a little bit more. I mean, this this is supposed to be demented, after all. Yes. You know, so. Yeah. Uh, that that uh, little little dark humor has kind of always been a little part of what we do too, anyway. And now you have to explain to me. It's the most entertaining part of the song, where you all that that beer hall sound with all of his voices singing. Didn't you say that you made like each voice its own character? You like, had a person in mind when you were doing it. Yeah. So like the barroom, the the raise your glass. That's basically twenty tracks. Wow. Of me speaking in character voice. So the first, like, raise your glass. And, raise your glass. Raise your glass. I just did 20 random character voice. Of course, didn't worry about being in tune or in time because it's supposed to sound like a room full of drunks singing. So, Oh, if you didn't have to worry about being in tune, you should have called me. I would have done a few takes for you. Oh, man. If only, <laughs> if only I would have known you then. But the funny thing was, like, my, my grandmother, my, my mother-in-law was, was staying with us at the time, and she was in a room across the, across the other room. And she heard the whole thing go down. <laughs> I felt so bad for her. what she what she must be thinking hearing all these stupid voices. I kept thinking, Grandma, are you okay? Oh, I'm fine, I'm fine. But I just said, what would somebody think hearing that? Like, 
and this, this went on for it probably took me two three hours to do and <laughs> hearing all these stupid voices coming out of there but, but it ended up sounding but it sounds exactly like a bunch of people singing in a beer hall it's perfect it really does it, it's yeah that that whole bit sounds very authentic well, that that was the goal, and I'm I'm pretty sure there was some alcohol involved too to, to give it even more <laughs> more realism there. But, um, but of course, uh, no, there was. And then, Tom, you had the idea of doing the the Hogan's Hero drum thing at the beginning. I'm pretty sure. Oh, like a, just a quick intro. Yeah, because that that right away sets the tone. Because that Hogan's Hero started with that with that drum yeah that drum roll thing. So um, yeah, that, that cadence. That yeah, cadence. cadence. Yep, exactly. Now, I but, haven't watched uh, yeah. Hogan's Heroes in many, many years, but it always struck me as weird. Like later, when I when I learned a little bit more about history, that you know that show started in 1965, which was, and it's about a it's a German POW camp, right? Yes. And it takes place during World War II, which was only less than 20 years prior. So that's like you know a show now, like taking a place taking place in like. Guantanamo Bay about you know the 9-11 terrorists now we create a sitcom now about 9-11 terrorists 20 years ago I mean, it's yeah. so weird that it happens so like so quickly after after the you know the war and the fact that they would make a show those, those crazy wacky Nazis boy right. <laughs> aren't they a laugh riot the hijinks never stop I bet you you're not the first person to have that thought because it, it's like a POW camp have a bunch of fun goings on and hijinks like what <laughs> yeah there's it actually was funny like oh it was oh, yeah I, I i watched it when i was a kid it w i was hysterical i loved it but it's yeah, like you know as an adult looking back and i'm like that's a weird choice why would you yeah, do that <laughs> it's iconic like you say i know nothing and that that sergeant Schultz voice most everyone knows exactly what you're talking yeah. about yeah yeah, that that's a show that probably wouldn't get made today, like, uh, like just like Blazing Saddles wouldn't get made today. You know? See, everybody a... everybody says that, and they always throw Blazing Saddles out as the example. And I disagree. I think it it could be made today because it's it's really good satire, you know, and it's really well done satire. Um, and I I think it I think it could fly today. And what's really uh, funny about Blazing Saddles is, like, the. When I when I was a kid, they would show it on television, and we would watch the you know the the edited for television version. They cut out all the profanity. They cut out the fart scene, but they left in every instance of the N word on broadcast television. And I'm like, you know, and even at the time, I'm like, that seems odd, you know. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna farts were more offensive farts were more offensive than, than racial slurs. Yes. <laughs> Well, we've come a long way since then. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you you can't make that those kind of jokes anymore. I mean, you know, the first time they heard the N word, that, that would be it. I would think. Well, the and thing is, kind of it's the thing about Blazing Saddles is the people using the N word are the the asshole racists in the show. They're basically right. the bad guys. It's it's not like they're promoting it or anything. It's just a bunch of stupid uh, racist people from I don't even know where that where does that take place Arizona. Texas, yeah, the, the West. I forget. The, yeah, the, the old Europe somewhere West. in the old West. You know, bunch of racist old Westerners. You know, and that's you know that, that's what it was. You know, and it's hysterical. Know, it holds up. Would, <laughs> I don't know that people would, would be able to get past the con get through the context though. I mean, no, it's just like 
people, context is lost. I mean, people, look, look what happens. People say something slightly racially insensitive in a tweet 10 years ago, and they're canceled. You know, yeah, they're that, that drives me nuts. That uh, is people like, Whatever happened to you know, forgiveness? Go, well, yeah, then it's like people going back through, you know, you, you know, find, to just, like it's like they go back to find something. It's like they're on a yeah. mission. Yeah, well, it's like, I'm going to find something that you said 15 or 20 years ago that's problematic now, and we're going to make sure you never work again because of it. And I'm like... Yeah. You, that says more about you than it does about me, you know? <laughs> or when it's something that they tweeted or sent out when they were still like a teenage punk idiot. Yeah, yeah. You're going to be held to a standard now. It's like, that's just absurd. And it's like, you know, yeah, people but... grow and people change over time. You know, I have songs on my old back catalog that I would never write today, you know? Of course. <laughs> You're, you're a human being and your life is an arc. You start here and then you mature and you do this and your art grows and you grow as a person. We actually, one of the new Bell Isle Rat songs that we're going to do is called My Zamboni. And the whole idea is this guy, he has a Zamboni, which is a, a, a interdimensional time and travel device. Ooh, I and what like he that. does, yeah. <laughs> what he does is he goes back in time and he tells the people then that, that they're idiots or assholes for talking the way they are because we wouldn't talk that way now. So basically, he's like this. This PC guy who goes back and you know corrects people for being un-PC back in those days. That's the whole idea of that song. Wow, I just realized that means an overtime game would mean nothing to him. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, that 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 is just such a one of the many stupid ideas that has taken root in our culture, unfortunately. Mm. And we always make a joke about how this song has been done before, but this is our take. I think it's safe to say there's never been a time-traveling Zamboni machine song before. Um, no, I'm, I'm pretty sure you're safe there. I was trying to think if there was a TV show or movie that used that. I mean, there's... You know, there's phone booths, the Do Doctor's TARDIS, there's the hot tub time machine, there's the DeLorean... I mean, there's lots of time machines. I don't think a Zamboni has ever been a time machine anywhere. Nope. <laughs> or gone back for that specific purpose. Yeah, that too, yeah. There you go. That's a real niche. <laughs> Speaking of Back to the Future, I swear to God, I was driving down the 405 uh, a couple months ago, and I saw the Back to the Future car. I saw the DeLorean. I don't know if it was like a set car. It was actually driving on the freeway. had the Mr. Fusion thing and the whole deal. I took a video of it. Nice. I, out of nowhere, here's a back. It's only in LA you're going to see that. The Back to the Future car. Uh, so, when I was when I was working in uh, New York City, they were filming that the 2016 Ghostbusters movie, and I happened to I I used I go for a walk down Fifth Avenue every day just on my lunch break just to get the hell out of the office for a half an hour, and I was walking back and they had there was this car parked on the side of the road that was covered. And but I could see the license plate that said Ecto One, and I looked at it and I'm like, "That's the car from that's that's the actual car from Ghostbusters." I'm like, "They must be filming around here somewhere." And then I got to the next block, and sure enough, there was a film crew like right around the corner. So, yeah, that's that's one thing you, when living in LA, as I'm sure Luke say, there's there's always filming going on. Yeah, and uh, I remember one time I walked right into a film set. It was Tim Conway had this song called Tim Conway's, not this song, this show called Tim Conway's America, and he would just go out and film wherever, and he was filming at a newsstand, and I happened to just walk into the newsstand because I didn't know you couldn't go in there, and then later they, they pulled me aside, I had to sign a release form, you know, yeah. so, you know, that, that, that kind of stuff happens. Yeah. And sometimes they'll, they'll rent out our church parking lot for, for stuff. 
Well, so, in New York, they put up signs on the sidewalk that say this sidewalk is officially closed by walking on this sidewalk. You agree to have your likeness used in the, the video for this, you know, TV show or whatever they're filming. It's, like, it's just like a right. blanket release. Everybody walking by. <laughs> you can't yeah. sue us if you show up in the background of this scene. I, I did a tuning a couple months ago. Apparently, there's this show called uh, Marriage Encounter or something like that. It's, it's on some weird network. And so it was a house and it was basically wired up cameras everywhere where they're supposed to, the people live in the house to have their real life inside this house for a, for a week or so. Mm -hmm. And then they just film everything. I mean, there was just, they had, they, there must've been 50 cameras in that house. <laughs> I mean, here, there, everywhere. It's like, you know, so, so I'm thinking also that's how they do it. Yeah. So, <laughs> but. So did, did they give you the footage of you tuning so that you could make like a demo reel out of it or something? Yeah, well, that would have been cool, huh? <laughs> no. Here's Mike I, I tuning from the, uh, five different angles. <laughs> yeah, that, that'd be a good way to lose viewers and make the ratings go down. Focus on the piano. <laughs> Great way to kill that show. Well, it depends. Almost, you know, if somebody in the house is having an affair with the piano tuner, you know. <laughs> yeah, you would have to go there. Yeah, you would. Why does the piano have to be tuned three times a week? I don't understand this. <laughs> Yeah. Well, it goes out, you know. I mean, listen, it's just, it's, you know, come on. But uh... they have such a beautiful unison. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. But... So do you guys have anything you'd like to plug? Oh, our usual nothing. No. <laughs> now, we, 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 we are the... Some magic can happen. We are the absolute worst at self-promoting. I look at the other thump artists, and they're doing shows, and they're doing. We don't do it. We don't do shit. We're not doing anything. <laughs> no, we write music, and but 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 we don't care. You know, um, we're we're happy to do this, and you know, have play and write songs for our five or six fans, and uh, kind of go on from there. Mostly just for fun. But at some point, that could change. Who knows? Sometimes I I get a I get a bug. And I should really start promoting the rats more, and then I don't. But um, so really, just just. We're just promoting our music website. Um, we're on uh, we're on YouTube. We're on uh, Spotify, Apple Music, all the main digital platforms, and the website BelleIsleRats.com. Tom, no, that's about it. Just out here in the Walla Walla area, just roasting still. It's been over a hundred most days the last couple of weeks or so. Yeah, we had a we had a family reunion in Vegas about a month ago. And it was 115 one day. Ouch! In June, it usually doesn't get that hot in June, but it was 115, and it was it was so hot. We were driving around Red Rock Can with my uh, with my dad, and my two brothers, and it was so hot that like the AC could almost not keep up in the yeah. van. You know, something because I was like it's like barely, barely working. That's only five degrees less than the classic way to cook a prime rib. <laughs> yeah. I remember reading that and just freaking out like 120 degrees for some real extended time and that's supposed to be like the classic old school prime rib and you're walking around in Vegas at 115 we actually got up like 113 115 out here too it was actually hotter here than in the parts of Arizona that are supposed to be roasting hot at least yeah. at, the, at the time We've been brutally hot too. I think we broke a hundred one day, but we've we've been pretty much settled into the low nineties, which is hot, but it's tolerable at least. Well, last last year, what we had one day in August of last year here in Woodland Hills in Nevada was one twenty one. Yikes! <laughs> hottest I've ever experienced in my entire. And apparently, that was the hottest it's ever been in LA in you know 
ever since they were keeping records. So yeah, that's got to be brutal. Yeah, I mean, I remember during it, the Gulf War, the the veterans, you know, complaining about Iraq and Afghanistan hitting 130, and I'm yeah. like, I, I'm like, and you're in full gear with backpacks and heavy shit and oh god and i think they actually have to take into account planes wouldn't be able to launch with as much weight because the air is thinner it's hard you need more time to get it off the ground because it's oh i didn't even think of that but yeah you're right yeah it's just bad but that is brutally hot it was so hot it made me want to lift up a ziploc bag filled with blue and white ping pong balls (laughs) that's how hot it was so whoa Boy, I didn't see that's that's hot. That's hot, yeah. You know you know it's hot when when that's gonna be the just so you know, that's gonna be the screenshot that I pull for <laughs> for for when I post this on YouTube. So just Great. get people to watch this. Why is Mike holding up a bag of blue and white balls? Okay. So <laughs> Oh was it that hot? Holy moly. <laughs> when you're holding up a ziplock bag ziploc bag full of ping pong balls, baby, it's hot. So all right, so we're going to move on to news and whatnot. You guys are welcome to stick around. Otherwise, I'm just going to tear through the rest of the show by myself. Um, yeah, I think I'm going to. I think I'm going to head out. But uh, okay. always a pleasure. All right, thank you for You're joining us. Host. And uh, we'll catch you next time. Looking forward to you that bet, Zamboni man. song. <laughs> Thanks again. Yeah, man. Yeah, All right, take care, guys. Yep. Bye. Time yep. for fun. This. Promo. Is the funk. Only people with too much time on their hands do jury duty. Only people who got no significant plans do jury duty. I got places to go and people to see, not stuck with some upright citizenry. It might do it for you, but it doesn't for me, not jury duty. Wanna don't wanna don't wanna wanna don't wanna don't wanna don't wanna don't wanna don't wanna don't wanna brush my teeth, don't wanna brush my hair, just wanna watch TV. That's the Funny Music Project at theflump.com. T-H-E-F-U-M-P.com. Without guilt to shame. Don't hate the player. Hate the video game. Don't want to take my pants. Don't want to pull on a shirt. I don't want to eat dinner. I just want dessert. Blowing from the portal in my dryer where all the socks go. There's a hole in space at the back of my dryer. Travels to some place with a piece of my attire. And the situation has grown pretty dire. I'm about to run out of socks. Foink. Time for funny music news. Something, something, something. In the news, Brian Gropner, a.k.a. Dark NES of the Gothsicles, is now a character in Vampire the Eternal Struggle, Bruja Preconstructed Deck. Uh, His character's name is Octane, and there's no other details available yet about the character, but the card will be available this fall. So uh, if you're into uh, Vampire, The Eternal Struggle, and you're a Gothsicles fan or a Thump fan in general, you're definitely going to want to check this out. And now, now I'm kind of wanting to make, you know, like trading cards of all the Thump characters, because that would be funny. All right, some Thump Fest news. Unfortunately, Amy, Amy Englehart has had to cancel her appearance at Thump Fest this year due to a scheduling conflict with a personal event that she can't miss. So... Uh, we are having Ian Lockwood performing for the weekend. Uh, his video for I Don't Think This Is The Club has been nominated for a Logan Award, so he was planning to come out anyway. And he asked me if there was any room in the schedule for him to perform literally an hour before Amy canceled. 
So this just seemed like the simplest solution to the hole in the schedule. So there you go. Uh, Ian Lockwood is a Brooklyn-based comedian and pop musician. He is the co-host of Hot Teens in the Brooklyn Comedy Collective and has had recurring appearances on the Earwolf podcast, Earwolf Presents. Ian's second studio EP, Your Dad, drops this fall and includes five tracks in the comedy pop style that has become his signature in the Brooklyn alt scene. All right. Uh, And just a reminder, deadlines, online registration, uh, and the video contest are July 31st, so you have until the end of the month to get those taken care of. And the room block closes August 1st at 5 p.m. And that's it for the news. Uh, tour dates on Thursdays online, Steve Goody. On the 16th, which is tomorrow night, Friday online, Mikey Mason. And on the 24th in Whitting, Indiana, Captain Ambivalent. All right, our second song this week is by Mikey Mason, who uh, couldn't come, couldn't appear on the show. And we weren't able to pre-record anything, so I apologize. Here is "Sleepy Little Creepy Little Town" by Mikey Mason.
That song is from Mikey Mason's latest album, Retrosance, as you saw on the picture there. Look for him at MikeyMason.BandCamp.com or MikeyMason.com or on Spotify. This. Making the internet absolutely ridiculous. Dementia Radio. www.dementiaradio.org. Port 8027. Please hang up and try again. This is the part where there's feedback. 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 You know that segment of the show we do about now? Feedback. 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 Draconis wrote, comments? We have no stinking comments this week. And uh, when he wrote that, that was true, except that we did have a comment that came in on last week's episode that apparently went up after I pulled the comments from last week's episode. So Alvarant wrote, Devo, any word on when the schedule for Fumfest will be up? Uh, soon. Uh, the schedule is done. I, I sent it out to all the artists just to make sure everyone was okay with their slots and there weren't any conflicts or anything. Um, I've heard back from a couple of people, so far so good, and uh, I'm probably going to end up posting it this weekend. Um, and keep in mind, it is subject to change, because things happen. Alright. Teasing! He's a teasing kind of guy! Now you have a job. Yeah, yeah. Teasing! Tomorrow's song is by TV's Kyle! Uh, we are supposed to have a bonus Sunday slot this week, but it's not posted yet, so that may or may not happen. And Tuesday song is by The Oldest Forest. And next week's Spotify playlist topic is Songs That Rock. So be on the lookout for that. All right, the Bell Isle Rats are at BellIsleRats.com. Mikey Mason is at MikeyMason.BandCamp.com. And don't forget to register for FumpFest at FumpFest.com. Thank you for listening to the Funny Music Podcast. I'm Devo Spice. Luke Ski is off somewhere gallivanting around Los Angeles. And other people were here. Hi, rats. Thank you for listening to the Funny Music Podcast. You can listen live every Thursday night at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 Pacific at DementiaRadio.org. And join us in the chat. Or subscribe to the podcast feed. Look us up on iTunes and be sure to leave us a review. 
Feedback for the show can be sent to info at thefunk.com. The Funny Music Podcast is a production of Fidem Interactive, LLC, released under a Creative Commons share-alike license. Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. Shout it to random people on the street. And be sure to visit thefump.com for the latest funny songs. Tune in next week where you'll hear Luke Ski say, Watch Mickey Mouse or die!